Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode is supported by Chimney Fire Coffee. Chimney Coffee. Supporting ethical and eco-friendly practices. Chimney. All the way from farm to cup. Fire coffee. They source their beans from El Salvador, Ethiopia, Peru and Brazil. Then they roast them in the Surrey Hills. In the nice bit between Guildford and Dorking. Chimney. They work directly with farmers. Fire coffee. And they share their stories. Chimney. Their packaging is fully compostable. Fire coffee. Listeners to Three in a Bar can get 20% off their first coffee order. Simply head to chimneyfirecoffee.com and use the code Three in a Bar at checkout. This is Three in a Bar, a podcast where we are joined by a different musician every episode. I'm Seb Philpott. And I'm Verity Simmons. I play the trumpet. And I play the cello. Our guests could be from any part of the music world. We've spoken to pop stars, composers, orchestral musicians, singers, musical theatre performers and lots more. We chat about their careers, ambitions and get a glimpse into what makes each musician unique. Shall we sing the song? Oh, don't make me sing the song. Three, three in a bar. Hey, I tell you what, auto-tune is a wonderful thing. Three, three in a bar. Come on, Seb. First round's on me. Here you go. Oh, thanks. <clears throat> hello, hello. Hello. I like your socks. Thanks. <laughs> they, they've got... Um, a bath and some rubber duckies. Oh, look at soap. them. Do you think I can wear these in the show tonight? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You wore red ones yesterday, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, think I'm going to do it. I think you should. Uh, hey, everyone. Hi. Hi. You join us in the most glamorous location. Truly. Truly. Uh, <laughs> it's the um, it's a lovely hotel on, mm. on the, the Riviera of uh, do you call it the Riviera? What the the R- Welsh R- Riviera? The Welsh Riviera. Area. Yeah. The, is it? I don't think this this bit is the nice bit. <laughs> I have to say, <laughs> Verity and I are in Rill. Rill. Oh, I that was lovely. I couldn't quite get my role working there. <laughs> R- Rill. We're in Rill. Yeah. Verity's in my room. Yeah, on the chaise long. Oh, on yeah. the chaise long. All day long you've All been All day there. long, on the chaise long. That, I do love that about a Premier Is your Inn. muffin buttered? 
<laughs> Would you like me to find someone to butter your muffin? Is that right? Is that the line? Almost. Yeah, nearly. They're great. Excuse me. What? <laughs> Excuse me. What? That's it. <laughs> okay. Anyway, this week is not wet leg. No. Wet leg are not the guests. They'd be great. They would be good. Mm. I actually did a rehearsal in a, a rehearsal venue recently and they were next door rehearsing. Oh, yeah. And uh, that was cool. Did you cross paths? I just saw them outside. They, mm. were, they were, I don't know if they were smoking or just being cool. Just being cool. I bet they but were. I was just a bit like, oh, they're cool. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, no, this, this episode is not. It's leg. not them. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's a great guest. It's a great guest, though. Yeah. This is a really good chat. Oh, it was. With Nicole Wilson. Yes. Nicole Wilson, who kindly spoke to us on Good Friday, didn't she? She did. Yeah. How did that transpire? I don't think any of us checked our diaries, did we? No. No. Um, well, thanks, Nicole, because um, that's precious time, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Hot cross bun time. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm going to draw up a CV. Yes. From the internet, rather than by hand. Okay. Um, because Nicole... Who is a violinist, a very highly esteemed violinist. She was in the LSO for many years. She was in the... ENO. ENO, yes. And then freelance, a hugely successful freelancer. Um, but she also does a million other things. Oh, I've got somebody who is not her here. I did that earlier. Did you? Is that some sort of visual artist? The act I've got the oh, actor, right. Nicole, actor Wilson. Nicole Wilson. Mm. Um, it's not not her. her. No. Here she is, though. Was the first violinist in the LSA. I've sort of said all that. I don't need to say that. It's <laughs> great. Um, in 2008, she left the LSO to be an orchestral fixer for film and TV sessions and fixed, among other things, the sixth Harry Potter film. Wow. Awesome. We chat Which about one is that, that? Don't we? Um, Is it the Half Bloods Prince? Yeah, I think you're right, you know. I was going to say Deathly Hallows, but it's not that, is it? Yeah. Order of the Phoenix? Mm, I get sketchy after number four. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Is that know. Azkaban? Goblet of Fire. Goblet of Fire. That's a classic, oh, isn't yeah. it? That's I the best that one, one I reckon. Yeah, me too. It's oh. good. Um, after playing for five years as principal second violin at the English National Opera, Nicole is currently a freelance leader in the UK. Yes. And also, now let's go on to the other bits. She is founder and managing director of Musical Orbit, um, which connects top professional musicians across the world with music students, professionals and amateurs through their online platform. So Nicole's just taken over as artistic director of National School Symphony Orchestra. Yeah, but she couldn't tell us much about that yet. No, she couldn't. She's got some very secret plans. <gasps> yes. Which she said she'll tell us later once she's done the course. Mm-hmm. But... I guess uh, yeah, it's under wraps. Why not? Well, yeah, it's get, adds, adds an air of excitement, <laughs> doesn't it? Adds an air of... Um, yeah, adding an air of mystery yeah. and excitement to it. We had a great chat with Nicole, didn't we? Yeah, she was great. I particularly wanted to ask her about the album Funky Rhymes. Oh, yeah. Which she and her husband, Colin Skinner, wrote 10 years ago. I think it came out. And it's a really good quality children's music album with proper musicians 
really good arrangements of nursery rhymes. Uh, now, maybe some of you don't have kids, but I do have a child, <laughs> and I've listened to that album hundreds of times. Oh! So I ask her about that. Do you want to sing anything from it? Well, it starts off like, ding, 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 Old MacDonald yeah. had a bomb. Yes. It's really good. Nice. It's worth putting on, even if you haven't got kids. Yeah, I'm going to have a listen. Sounds great. Um, she tells a great story about uh, one of the songs on the album. We'll let you listen to that and then we'll have a little debrief about it afterwards. Yes. See what you think. Yeah. <laughs> um, should we get into the chat? I think we should. Okay, here we go. Nicole Wilson. I had a rather interesting trip to Austria this week. Did you? Oh, oh God, man. yeah, for that conference. Yeah, 10 hour delay in Frankfurt Airport, oh. trying not to spend money. Oh, oh God. Hey, I don't suppose really you've got some headphones there, have you? Oh, oh, sorry, I completely forgot That's about the headphones. Right. I was so busy getting the mic. Um, I'll just go and grab <laughs> That's them. That's lovely. Cheers. Yeah, so I did the stress-free run, it was called, and it's Coach Bennett and another coach. Two of them, tag teaming. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll do a Coach Bennett run today. It was so good talking about stress, it made me nearly cry. <laughs> it sounds like you're telling me this over the tannoy system of a shopping mall. <laughs> Could Sebastian Philpoint come to aisle two, please? <laughs> Your parents have been looking for you for 20 years. Um, wow wow this is a, it's a professional setup that Nicole's got I isn't know it? it looks really good she's got some files yeah a lovely brick wall and, and a, a banner that says musical orbit yeah I'd like a banner that says three in a bar oh should we get well, Abby Portner to do one for us oh yeah definitely <laughs> we'll be there we'll get there one day we'll yeah have we banners. will we will and tote bags tote bags that's quite all right. <laughs> yeah, thanks for joining us, Nicole. This is fantastic. Are you got plans this weekend? Uh, yes. In fact, I'm going to see Macbeth at the Globe. <gasps> oh, fantastic. Yes, very cool. And then I'm taking my boys to Mercedes-Benz World, where under, they're under the age of 17, they're allowed to drive a car. Wow. So, uh, yes, that is – I'm a cool parent. You really are. Yeah, well done. Mm, mm. Where is Mercedes Benz World? Weybridge, Surrey. Oh, Very nice. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I might get down there myself sometime. <laughs> Won't let the boys near it though. Can I just say massive congratulations on your new job? It's so exciting. I'm, do you know what the USP for NISO is going to be? It's going to be the most fun music course yes ah. uh, you know ah. you know it, it's it's gonna it's gonna be you know great music as well but it's yeah. gonna be fun ah. i've got string string fever are gonna come in and do oh. an electric oh, wow. string quartet workshop with them and there's a samba band coming in and what? there's gonna be lots of unhealthy food to eat yes. <laughs> so you're the your new artistic director aren't you yes and, and yeah. obviously catering manager now <laughs> well yeah definitely <laughs> That's, no, but it's an amazing place. So yes, yeah, brilliant. So how does it work in terms of your the year? Is it one course in the summer? Or is it spread out through the, the year? 
Well, this year it's going to be one week, 10th to the 17th of July, um, because we've launched it quite late. You know, we were nervous to launch, of course, because of COVID. We didn't know what it was going to do. Hopefully it's gone away. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're going to do one week. We're doing two of the orchestras. There, there's normally three. Um, so this year only it's going to be two orchestras and one week, 10th to the 17th of July. Next year, watch this space. Oh, that's exciting. Oh, so what, have you got some uh, big... Big ideas. What are your big ideas? I do have big ideas. Um, I'm afraid I can't disclose them with you here yet. However, I'm happy to come back on the podcast uh, when I'm allowed to disclose them. So how about that? Yeah, that would be really good. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) But but this is the the first time you have been in charge of an orchestra. Is is that correct? Um, Well, I've I've done music courses before. Um, Okay, yeah. I've I've launched them and I've also... um, coached on things like national youth orchestra yeah yeah um, and lo- lots of music courses like that um so yeah I've, I've i've had a fair bit of experience in all all the skills required never quite put them all together in one go before oh that's nice so this this is going to be the the culmination of all all those years yeah the lovely malvern college um where, where it's at and and who, who run it they they're, they're they're trusting me with uh, my artistic vision which is just lovely it's like yeah. a child in a sweet shop being allowed to go and you know create the most lovely music course of my childhood I went on some wonderful ones really yeah. fantastic yeah, did you? and they were just the happiest times oh, oh just I just absolutely love them I should live for them I hated like you know I found normal school really hard going and I'd have a countdown on my wall uh you know till the next music course oh. um, so I just want to I want to make it just really lovely like that so that everyone's having a great time musically and loving music but also socially it's so important yeah yes. where did you go to those music colleges where, where did you grow up Oh, not uh, well, colleges, courses. Courses. Uh, well, I grew up in Cardiff and yeah. um, my very first music course was one called M. Scott Lawn and it was uh, near Birmingham, I think. Although my parents drove me there, so it wasn't re- not a great grasp of geography, to be fair. <laughs> um, some, somewhere near Birmingham. Um, yeah. And it was run by this amazing guy called Paul Russell. And honestly, it was just the most lovely, lovely week ever. I completely forgot about my parents, so much so that when they turned up to pick me up, I burst into tears because I felt <laughs> guilty. <laughs> I had just the most amazing time. It was incredible. And then I went on to NCO and then NYO. Oh, you know, that was really, really amazing. Then I did do um, a course in EUYO. Oh, did um, you? Uh, the, uh, yes, just before I sort of started professionally touring. And then and then I joined the music world and, and toured with orchestras and thought you get paid to do this <laughs> you get paid to be on a music course yeah. I've had a great time I really have Seb yeah. did you do National Youth Orchestra and things as well it's a bit of a sore point oh sorry sorry, sorry. Oh, <laughs> oh dear did you not <laughs> I, I didn't get in but they they let me go on one of those look what you could have won courses oh no for like three days I did oh, one no. it was I did one one day course where we did an, a master class with Alison Balsam. Oh. That was that was really good. And then I did a three day course when I was I was eighteen by that point. So I was allowed to go to the pub and had a it was nice, but you could just sit, you know, sit sat in some rehearsals, did mm. a bit of playing, did some warm ups and stuff with with the tutors and that I did learn a lot actually. Oh. But I never did one of the the concerts. But Yeah. Yeah. But it's all good, you know. I yeah. did uh, I did junior college, so I did um did the orchestras there and I did we did a big tour. Well, a big tour. It was probably it was probably five days or something to Italy mm. in my last year. Yeah, so I, got, I, I got a taste of that touring thing. You know, you, yeah, you, you yeah. Sort of, we did a gig in in St Albans, 
And then there was a coach waiting for us at 11 p.m. And then we drove all the way to Italy. <laughs> oh, coach Classic, journeys. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So good. But it's like, it's the best bonding experience, isn't it? It's so yeah. fun yeah. going with your friends. And and I was kind of similar. I think I, I loved, I just loved going to music college on Saturday mornings. And, and by the end, I wasn't that into my school, normal school so much. Um, so I just, I love being around people that, we're kind of into the same thing like when you find your 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 tribe you know Mm. it's a wonderful thing isn't it I taught at the junior academy for six years and it was just the loveliest job because every child that came in that door the highlight of their week was that day and it was just such a lovely thing and also they're not at that age you know where they are at at senior conservatoire where there's so much riding on it They're, they're still at that age where they're just they're just loving it I think it's an amazing time of life. I really do. That must have been so brilliant seeing the kids coming through there. And I bet you could really see people flourish and the ones who are going to kind of pursue it. And go. That's a, it's a sort of quite a nurturing job, I guess, as well as teach, you know, technically. Yeah. As, yeah. Emotionally as well, I guess. Well, it's quite interesting because my boys were growing up at the same time and they, they were sort of a little bit younger than the kids I was teaching. So I was getting all sorts of handy tips. I, I was very, very lucky to teach two of the lovely Canny Mason kids. Oh, did you? And so, yeah, so I became good friends with um, Caddy, Canny Mason, um, who I just, I basically still am asking her for top tips on raising children. <laughs> and she's yeah, great. Done a good job, haven't they? <laughs> she, she, oh, she's amazing. And yeah. Stuart, I mean, they're just incredible. So I'm just thinking, you know, if I'm ever in doubt, I just give her a ring and say, what do you think? Am I doing it wrong? And she says, no, you're doing great. Brilliant. She's very supportive. I want to get secondary <laughs> information from you on that. Yes. That sounds very useful. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Nisso, in terms of how it's going to be different to NYO and, and courses like that, it sounds like from what you were saying about bringing in people like String Fever and Samba Bands, it's going to have quite a sort of wide, but it sounds like it's going to be a sort of more varied event, would you say? Or yeah, Yes, well, I mean, the thing, the, 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 the lovely thing about Nisso is, um, and, and some people will like this and some people won't, is it's not all year round. It's just, you, you're just coming for one course. Uh, once you're a member of NISO, you're a member for life, so you don't have to re-audition to come back. Mm. Um, but also, you're not having to commit to every single holiday, which for some people is just too much, you know, um, yeah. especially those who are maybe away at school um, or ones who want to, you know, spend Christmas with with family or whatever. So um, it is a lovely option for people who want to do that. Um it is in an incredible place. I cannot tell you. Go and have a look at the website. Yeah. Malvern College. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's you know, Elgar's land, isn't it? Yes. You know, it's in the Malvern Hills, which is very spectacular. Um, but it's very, you know, Harry Potter-esque. But it's also got these incredible sports facilities. It's got a new theatre. Um, it's got these amazing cricket pitches everywhere. It's just, you know, it's, it's been transported to a magical place. It, it really is. Yeah. The food's excellent, which I think is also always very important because, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. if you're not enjoying your food, you're not going to enjoy your week. Um, <laughs> and uh, yes, and we've got just a, a lovely, lovely staff uh, coming, uh, faculty coming to coach um, all the instruments of the orchestra. Um, we we hope for hoping to expand different kinds of ensembles next year. Um, but this year it's it's two symphony orchestras. Um, and it's just going to be, you know, a magical week away from home, carefree and full of lots of different musical experiences, not just the orchestra. Yeah, yeah, that's great. But one of your other many hats is with the European String Teachers Association. <laughs> um, and 
Are you, am I right in thinking you're a trustee and also on the board, aren't you, there? Yes. Yesterday, I got voted onto the central board for Whoa. the European Stream Teachers Association. I'm very excited. Wow. Um, so it's worth the trip to Austria with the big delays then? I did, yes. I went all that way, a 10-hour delay. It was absolutely worth it. Uh, they're a lovely team and they're headed by uh, Geza Silvai, who's the man who invented colour strings. Oh, yes. Um, Yes, amazing man. Um, so that's really lovely. And of course, um, went out there with our wonderful CEO, Phil Ed. Yeah. Um, if, if you don't know Phil Ed, you'll know something that Phil Ed has done, like part play or um, all sorts of things. He's, he was always popping up in places. He's a, an amazing guy. Um, so yes, I'm now helping, hopefully, uh, spread the word about what we're doing in the Esther UK branch, um, sharing that information with the other branches in Europe and getting ideas from them to help us as well, to help our string teachers. Well, you really helped them bring it all online, actually, didn't you, at the beginning of the pandemic? I mean, I know we've been talking to you about our technical issues, but but you <laughs> actually, I mean, you've really helped them diversify and, and, and actually help enable teachers and kind of people to get their teaching online, didn't you, during, during yeah, the pandemic? Yeah, I mean... It's it's all old news now, but um, two years ago, almost you know to the month, um, we locked down, and I'd been banging on for years about online learning. It's really handy, you know, if you're not as a permanent solution, but you know, if you can't get somewhere, or you know, if a student can't afford to travel to, you can still teach them. And everyone was saying to me, "Online learning? No, that's never going to catch on. That's never going to happen." And then, wham, of COVID happens, and uh, and immediately I rang Phil and said look, we can get people teaching still. They can still keep their work. Um, so we went live on Facebook. That was stressful. That oh, was God. more stressful than any kind of Zoom teaching ever. Going live <laughs> on Facebook. Oh, my God. It's awful, so isn't it? It, it really is. <laughs> Facebook, sort it out. Or meta, whatever you're called now. Um, uh, anyway, so we, we did a webinar, um, and it was just showing people how to how to set up their room. So, you know, how to set up the light and the, the, what microphones to use, what software. And in those days, of course, uh, Zoom wasn't really configured for, for music teaching much at all. There were a few settings that we could help. And so then through the pandemic, we kept coming back online and saying, there's a new setting come out, <laughs> try this. Um, but then we also started um, talking to all sorts of companies like Music Teachers Board, for instance, um, which is an online music exams. Now, of course, you know, ABRSM and Trinity and all that, they, they now do online as well. But MTB had always done them only online. Um, and so they, you know, they came and did a, a webinar with us um, and they're great because they have um, their unique selling point is obviously it's always online, but also they have specialists always examining that instrument's exams. So you'll have a tuba player examining a tuba exam. Oh, that's so hurdy good. Hurdy-gurdy player, or, um, you know, examining a hurdy-gurdy exam. Well, I don't think they do hurdy-gurdy actually <laughs> yet, but um, yeah, it was, it was really good. So we, we had things like that. We had um, uh, some, some teachers coming on and talking to us. Uh, we even had the parliamentary string quartet come and join us. Oh yeah, that yes, was so really good. Cool. I'd listened yeah, to that. I, that was a fantastic interview because actually, they just were great. just while we're going on that line, your your interviews that you do for the Sunday afternoon seminars for, for would you call it? Is that what they're called? Sunday afternoon well, tea, they, isn't it? Not we, seminar. Sunday afternoon tea. Yeah. Well, because we, it started very being formal. <laughs> yes. Well, because it started. It was Friday night initially when we locked down because we locked down. I don't know, midweek, wasn't it, or something? Yeah. So Friday night, we went online, and it was Friday night. And that was all right for about a month. And then I thought, this is going to be the long haul. <laughs> I, I want to have a sit down on a Friday night. I, I said to Phil, 
please, can we make it like Sunday afternoon or something? He said, yeah, it's fine. So we made it four o'clock Sunday afternoon tea. Um, and now that now that we're not lo- locked down, I, I, we actually pre-record them because uh, loads of people aren't around on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Thank goodness they have a life and they, they're all out and about. So that's good. Um, yeah. But yes, we still call them Sunday afternoon teas, even though they're not. They are Sunday so afternoon. good. You are a fantastic interviewer. And um, that, um, the Thanks. one with the Parley String Quartet was fascinating. They're, they're a great bunch, aren't they? They were amazing. I couldn't believe, and I love that um, Fangham Debonair, um, MP in Bristol, uh, was she was number two in the cellos in NYO. Was she? Oh. She was. Oh, she blimey. was. I like that's so cool. But you know, obviously, amazing cellist. Yeah. And I thought, no, I'm going to go and change the world. And I kind of felt guilty. I thought, yeah, yeah. I just play my violin and go on tour. Actually, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> felt like a bit of a cop out. <laughs> Oh, well, you're changing the world in 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 your way. You, you're you're doing, yes. doing things out. I mean, you're you're are you doing less playing now generally these days than than before? I am still playing. I, I I'm not I'm not doing the touring. That's the difference. Not doing the touring, I, right. Yeah, I'm sort of yeah. doing basically London based stuff or certain certainly England based stuff. Um, there just there aren't enough hours in the day, but yeah. uh, the, the touring does take up a lot of time. Mm. Uh, it's totally worth it. But uh, but now yeah. I'm doing all these other things. Yeah, there isn't really time to do that so much. Um, but I'm still loving playing um, some some session work, some chamber music stuff, uh, a few shows in the West End. Uh, yeah, still seeing all my friends who are, of course, the people I tend to interview. You, you yeah. know, these, these amazing people, really, just friends from these music courses that I went on as kid, as a kid, or people that I was at college with, or people I've worked with over the years on tour. Um, and they're all terribly important now, um, yeah. but they're just my friends, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's basically what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> good. <Totally. laughs> I love, I love the internet. <laughs> Uh, Nicole, my my daughter is nearly two, and I really want to say thank you so much to you and Colin for Funky Rhymes. Funky Rhymes. Because honestly, oh. it is her favourite album. She you know, she walks up to us with the Bluetooth speaker, making pig noises. Oh, going, I'm oh, the pig. Oh, oh. I'm I'm the is pig. I'm the pig, and I'm the duck on oh, McDonald. Oh, I am. I'm also. Oh, so you're the, famous in our house. I am. Yes. Never mind my violin playing. I'm also. <laughs> I'm also the the maid. Um, sing a song of sixpence. Ow. That's you. That's me. That's me. I'm not Because I can't find any credits about this online anyway. I don't know. What about the, an- the animal noises? <laughs> oh, the animal noises. But, but who, who's singing on it? Who's playing yes. on it? Oh, yes, I know. But I hate that, um, that all the online stores do that. Because on the CD- hard CDs we have, everybody's credited on the back. But when you launch it as, as a download, you can't do that. But I hate that. I think that's terrible. So yeah. please let me name check here. Please. The, the female voice is the amazing Louise Claire Marshall, um, who she sings for Jules Holland. She was singing. She oh. brought in the new year uh, oh. on, on Hogmanay this year. She's incredible. The man is Matt Ford and he, um, he you'll oh. see him from the John Wilson proms. Yes. He's the amazing yes. crooner. He's so incredible. Um, and then I'm all the violins and violas. Yeah. Um, Emma Black is the cellist. Oh, great. And yes. And then uh, Colin is, of course, everything <laughs> the, else. The flute, the clarinet, <laughs> the bassoon, all the saxes. <laughs> Danny, yeah. Danny Marsden is the trumpeter. Danny oh. is married to Louise. And yeah. then our incredible producer, Chris Trades. I mean, he's incredible. Kenilworth Studios is his, his company. Oh. And he, he's a friend of ours, lived around the corner when we lived down in, uh, in uh, Sydenham. And um, we used to go up to his attic. And we recorded this multi-tracted over 10 months because we couldn't afford to do it any other way. And he not only was the incredible, incredible ears and, and producer on this. I mean, he's a genius, that man. But he's also the trombones, the double bass, the piano. Um, oh, and Dave Jackson did percussion. 
And Angela Barnes did Horn. Oh, I think great. I've got it. I think I've got well everybody done. in there. Amazing. I've, <laughs> so, honestly, I've been looking, trying to look this up for ages. So yeah. I'm like, I actually had a sneaking suspicion it would be Chris because I know because I know they're friends. Yeah, cause, cause yeah. They did Follies together and. And I know, he, you know he's an incredible producer. And oh, he's the trombone player was so nice as well. Yeah. As but well we, as all the we, other playing, but I just... Oh, he's a, such a genius. We experimented so much, though, with um, uh, the violin. We wanted to make it sound like a big orchestra, particularly in The Animals Went in Two by Two, because, yeah. you know, obviously it needs to have big and symphonic. And it was fine, you know, sing a song of sixpence is a string quartet. So I just did it, took my violin along and put down two violin parts and then one viola part, and then that was fine. Um, but we needed to make it sound big. And so we, I played it on my violin. And then I got my sister's violin and I re-recorded it all again, except, but it wasn't somehow, it, it sounded big, but not properly like an orchestra. So then we got a really cheap violin, really not <laughs> nice at all. We thought, we'll just try it. We'll just try it. It was a really duff school violin and we added it on and suddenly... I kid you not, it sounded like we were in Abbey Road 1. I mean, not from a quality <laughs> point of view, but from a size point of view. Yeah. I was amazing. No, but, um, but it was amazing just by adding this third different layer of sound in. Yeah. Suddenly oh, yes. the whole thing sounded massively bigger. It's a physics thing. I don't understand it. I'd love somebody to, to, to email me or, or message me on the web somewhere and tell me how why that is. But we, we tried all sorts of things. You don't need three strands. You really don't. It's no. the, I think it's the different. Yeah, the different. That's a great tip of sound. off. That's a really Something good idea. Yeah, with, um, like with the ears, isn't it? When you, um, it, I suppose it's like when you hear a solo violin on its own. It's. I always think it sounds, especially at, at a youth level, sounds so different to a full string section. It yeah. sounds like a totally different thing. But when you put everyone together, it kind of sounds good again. But mm. Well, it's um, funny, it's that thing. Whenever If you have um, violin solos and orchestras, if you have a leader mm. solo, it sounds great. Yeah. Unless, the, unless the leader's stuff, yeah. <laughs> it sounds great. If you have two violins playing together, it usually sounds awful. Mm. There's yeah. a case in point, there's the end of Scheherazade, where two violins play together. And it's so hard to get them absolutely spot on in tune. But when you add three in, it sounds great. Yep. So I don't know, it's just sort of discombobulating the ear or something. <clears throat> but it was an amazing yeah. process to go through with him to record this whole thing and to see it growing, you know, week by week. Yeah. And we just went round, you know, whenever he had spare time, we pop round. He said, are you free today? And I say, I'm not, but Colin is. Tell him to come round and record the second clarinet part, you know. Amazing. <laughs> it was an incredible it's thing so, to do. Honestly, it's so good. Because I, I, you know, hear various albums for kids and there's nothing like like that album is so good oh. and the arrangements because i've listened to them hundreds of times honestly <laughs> like, so which just, is which is your favorite one then tell me oh god i was just looking at a list here i think um the, oh, the hang on a sec yeah the animals went in two by two is really good I, I can't think of my favorite one now which one does <laughs> stella on which one does stella like most well her favorite is old mcdonald's oh, oh, classic excellent love it yeah the, get off oh, my the, tractor the, the pussycat is brilliant because like because <laughs> oh, yes. that's he that's the whole that's melody origi- that's original that's that. completely original that melody and the lyrics of what Ed- edward lear yeah yes that's right and but, i walk, i walked down the so aisle good. to that when when we got married sort of oh. you know, I, I tried i tried before i bide um, <laughs> and, and when, once we'd had a couple of kids and made a cd i thought i'll marry you now and then i walked down the aisle to it it was amazing my favourite one's Weary Laddie at the end. Oh, I know. Yeah, I was going to say that's, that. Yeah, so that's can, original, isn't it? Yeah, that's original as well. I've got to tell you the story of that, though. So our first son was born um, on the 23rd of December. And he was he was about a week late. And Colin was on at me. Don't have him for Christmas. Don't have him at Christmas. Oh, my God. We can't have a little baby Jesus. No, don't have him at Christmas. <laughs> and I was like, I can't speed it up. Leave me alone. It was very stressful. Uh, anyway, he popped out on the 23rd of December. 
Oh. And then it's a three-day labour. It was quite long. Oh. Colin went off to Nando's in the middle of the labour. <laughs> there you go. I oh, didn't. Uh, so then he, he finally didn't. came out late at night, about half past ten at night, something like that, on the 23rd of December. And then Colin's, oh, lovely, yes, is my baby, lovely, night, night. And he left and he went. And he didn't come back until the next evening, Christmas Eve. And I spent the whole day going, oh, my God, I'm a single mum. Oh, oh, oh my God, what's happening? And, and you know, my mum and dad came to visit, my sister came to visit, my brother, but he didn't. And, and then I sort of sent a text saying, you coming to pick me up? He goes, yeah, yeah, I'll be along in a minute. He's quite laid back, is my husband. Oh. So then he turns, it turns up, and I was frankly a little bit cold with him. I was a little bit unimpressed. So he drove me home from King's College Hospital in Denmark Hill. We went through the door just before midnight on Christmas Eve. And... Uh, and I'm sort of lugging this baby in, thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to kill you. I'm yeah. so angry. Yeah. And he said, um, can I just show you what I've been doing? Hmm. <laughs> and, he play- and he played it to me. He'd written Weary Laddie that- in that 24 hours. Oh. I felt Aww. so bad. I felt so bad. <laughs> I've been slagging him off in my head. <laughs> No, I mean, he, no, I think that's fair, to be honest. I yeah. mean, it's yes. lovely. He could have just told you that. A little heads up would have been good. Yeah, it would have quite. been good. Yes, yes. Aww. So then, so it was beautiful. We had no words. And then when we did Funky Rhymes, I said, you have to put Weary Laddie on. You know, we in fact didn't even have, no, we did have a name. It was Weary Laddie, yes. I said, you have to put Weary Laddie on this. And he said, I, I can't, it's not a nursery rhyme. And I Aww. said, well, it doesn't matter. It, it, you know, help children go to sleep. It'll be nice. No, I wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. And then I got flu. Um, so I was lying in bed, bored um, with flu. And then, so I made up the words. Oh. And then I said to him, "There you go. Now it's a nursery rhyme. You've got oh. to stick it on there." So we did. Nicole, I just think oh. that sums you up so neatly that you were lying in bed ill with flu, and yet you were still being creative. <laughs> I mean, you were saying earlier about yes. feeling guilty. Now I feel guilty. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> because what I was doing when I was uh, lying in bed with COVID, not that bad, I'll be honest, was watching <laughs> things like A Castle for Christmas, which was diabolical. But there we go. Oh, <laughs> I saw that. It oh, was, it was so bad. I switched off after 15 really? minutes. Yeah, I tell you what you should all be watching right now, mm-hmm. though, is that amazing Netflix series, Is It Cake? <gasps> it's so good. Amazing. <laughs> I want to see someone make a violin. Oh my a god. Violin that's, oh, violin yeah. that's a cake. Oh, it, did you incredible. see the tacos? Excellent. Although I yes, think he cheated, I, frankly. I the amazing one was the, the raw meat in the cellophane packaging. I that was cake. That. <laughs> I mean, that was just off the charts. I, Is it I mean, cake? how long are they gonna stretch that out for that show? Oh, forever. forever. Hope. <laughs> Endless things that you could pretend. There's Is it cake? Everything in the world you could you Yeah, could quite. <laughs> It's yeah. ama- an amazing programme. It really is. The presenter's great as well. I love him. Oh, he's very <laughs> funny. He's so, yes. he's so good. Him and his tiltscape. <laughs> For those of you who watch it will know what that is. Yeah, quite. <laughs> That's fantastic. Are there hard copies of this album to buy? Do you know, there are a few left. So we stopped producing them because people basically don't use CDs mm. anymore. However, I do have a stash at home of about Ooh. 50 copies left. Oh, so great. Um, uh, people, they're, they're, we've got a Facebook page uh, for Funky Rhymes. So do go yeah. and look at if anybody wants to buy one, just message me and I'll, I'll stick one in the post. Yeah. So we do have a few oh. left. But yes, I would like a nice solution for how to put the credits on the on the downloads. It, it really aggrieved me, oh, not yeah. just for our CD, but all the CDs I read. I, I want to know all that well, information in those booklets. I'm doing a trial at the moment for Tidal. Oh, yes. And it's, have you heard of that one? Yes, I it, have. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, it's a bit more money, but more money goes to the artist. And you can pay for it. There's another tier you can pay for where quite a lot more goes to your top artist or something. Uh, but they have loads of credits on it. And particularly, 
for film music, they've actually... I've been listening to stuff and it has the whole orchestra listening. No oh, that's so, so good. It's really interesting. You can, that's yeah, brilliant. you can click on, like you probably got a, a, a profile on there and you could click oh. and see <laughs> How exciting. All, yeah. like loads of the films you've been on. Or, so like or Star Wars and Harry Potters and things like that. Yeah. I mean, Great. that's so cool. That's it. You've it's absolutely, segue, yeah, I was going to say you've nailed it across <laughs> the board for your children thinking you're cool because you've got the early years stuff. Well done. The toddlers love you. <laughs> And then we're going yeah. up to Star Wars and Harry Potter, for goodness sakes. We're yeah, but I, I still make them brush their teeth and do their <laughs> homework. They still hate me. <laughs> <laughs> so Star Wars, that was when you were in the LSO, right? Uh, so, yeah. oh, that's cool. Oh. Was it oh, incredible? Honestly, I mean, it was just amazing. I mean, it was the first film I ever saw in the cinema with The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Um, and I mean, to sit there with John Williams conducting it. And, you know, he doesn't cl- conduct with a click track. The man is amazing. That's, That's amazing. He has a clock in front of him. Uh, it's like, you know, a sort of a, a, just a hand that goes around. And as far as I could tell, and, uh, you know, don't quote me on this, as it were, but um, it seemed to me that the, the, the take would start when the hand was at the top and it would go all the way around. And by the time it went all the way around, the take finished. So he knew he must have some phenomenal internal clock that he knew yeah. how fast to take it and how long it would take and it just and it meant we played we just played it we didn't it's I mean it's oh. one of the reasons why it just sounds so uplifting because it isn't completely you know crotchet 60 it, it the whole thing flows and plays like a symphony every time but I mean you you literally just got two shots at every take though it was utterly terrifying was that it really Pretty much. Yeah. You would go in and the music was never on the stand beforehand, I suppose, copyright and stuff. You go in, 10 o'clock, music appeared. Everybody frantically, <laughs> frantically practiced for about yeah. 30 seconds. And you go, right, you know, M1, 1M1, and we'd start the first take. <laughs> and uh, we'd, we'd run it and then they and then they would listen to it in the box and they'd come out and go, this, 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 change these, do it again. And that was it, next take. Oh. I went through the whole of so I did three Star Wars films, three Harry, uh, two Harry Potters with him. I did, um, yeah. I did another Harry Potter with um, with cool music yeah. um, as the fixer. But um, the, it, the speed, the speed was unbelievable. And I, those I've, I've nev- never parts, worked the facility you have to They're have fiendish. to play those parts, and in two takes with no warning. Yes, I mean. I feel a bit sick. I tell you what, I, I, I did. Do you know, it's a really good job. I was really young when I was there because it was exciting. Yeah. Uh, but now, if I did it now, oh, yes, I'd have a bucket by the side of my chair for sure. <laughs> I mean, utterly terrifying. But it, 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 I was a good sight reader anyway, um, but I became a really aced sight reader by being in that job because yeah. you have to be. I mean, they're quite unbelievable, the NSO. That, I mean, and in fact, lots of London orchestras, well, lots of the orchestras in Britain, Britain generally um, has to sight read so much more mm. than anywhere else yeah um, and so we're we're brilliant at it uh, but it is utterly terrifying you also learn when not to play yeah. which is the most useful thing yeah you know you know uh, you see it coming and you think you know I'm just gonna just let my desk partner take that one you can't play every single note perfectly first time you can't no no so uh, it becomes a team effort yeah um, but it's a very wow. convincing one so ah <laughs> oh, so good like that's such iconic music I think of things like Jewel of the Fates yeah that's so cool that you just saw that and like a couple of minutes later you were recording it and then yeah. and was the choir there at that point yeah they were under this funny kind of canvas thing if i remember correctly all right um so they were in the studio with us 
So he was conducting everything. There was not, there wasn't like screens and booths and all that. Um, they were, but they, they were surrounded by, it looks like a, like a tent, like a gazebo (laughs) with a really low ceiling. So they, they, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like a wedding marquee. (laughs) It was much shorter than that. So they were kind of, they had to crawl into it. (laughs) <laughs> and it must have been an acoustic thing. I really don't know why yeah. they did that, but it looked very odd. They didn't look very happy about it. <laughs> they were they were recompensed. It was okay. Yeah. Um, but it was it was very strange. So they were in Studio One in Abbey Road in this funny tent thing. Yeah. I remember it clearly. It was and very strange. Was there a big screen as well showing the film? Yes. And that was the biggest problem because I just couldn't not watch it. Yeah. I mean, it was so exciting to have yeah. it there. And yet... I really needed to concentrate on the music in front of me. <laughs> I felt continuously kind of like I was having the DTs or something. I was so excited. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, I loved it. It was brilliant. Yeah, when the Harry Potter ones were coming, did you play on the first of the Harry Potter films? I played on Harry Potter's two and four Yeah, uh, with the LSO. Yeah. And, then, and then, I, then I left the LSO and I became a fixer for cool music just for a year. And I fixed Harry Potter six. So I got yes. to choose the orchestra, um, <sighs> which was an amazing, amazing, amazing privilege to do it was an incredible job it was a very very hard job um and uh yeah after a year of it it nearly finished me off but yeah, it was what an incredible a job. opportunity yeah. to do it yeah wow really something how how many sessions would there have been for that film um, i think it was a couple of weeks i think okay. something like that yeah yeah it's a very big budget but i was working with like it seems much harder now for fixes with orchestras because um you, for COVID, you need to have deputies on on call and often go and get tested a couple of days before. There's like loads more work to do. It yeah, seems I like mean, a very it, stressful job at the moment. Yeah, the I mean, a nightmare for fixes at the moment. And I mean, the studios are rammed. I mean, they're just booked out because apart from anything else, well, I don't know how it is right now, but, um, you know, a couple of months ago, they, they could have half the number of people in there that they normally could. So they're having to record everything with strings on their own and then wind and brass. So it's taking twice as long to record everything. So if you're looking for a few days in, in Abbey Road, you're looking at October. Whereas normally you'd be like, I don't know, you know, maybe next month or the month after, maybe it's uh, it's it's been a real a massive impact on the on on the business. Horrendous. But but amazing as well that they've managed to keep going through it. But it's face mask central. That those really tight ones, you know, the ones that that look a bit like yeah. a beak. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And of course, the wind and brass players yeah. they can take them off to play because of yeah. they have to. But string players they make you keep them on, and it's so difficult to play the face mask on. It really uh, is. Any, any, oh, it's horrendous. And then you put glasses on, which I need now because I'm an old lady, and they steam up. They steam up. Somebody invent something, please, that stops your glasses steaming up. Also, it's the thing of breathing. I know that sounds like such a daft thing to say, but if you're if you're feeling at all nervous about anything, and like I got I've got all these strange breathing things that I've read like to help calm, but that's with a mask on. It's really hard because yeah. then you start hyperventilating. It's yeah. actually and like a disaster waiting to happen, really. It really is. And I, I just get so hot. Yeah. I'm, I don't mind. In the winter, it's good. It keeps your face warm in, in the cold <laughs> winter and all that. But really, come come na- from now onwards, I'm just like, oh, please, let's not. And it was interesting actually being over in Austria um, this week. Uh, they, are, they have those big, heavy-duty face masks everywhere indoors. Um, you cannot go into a building without one firmly attached to your face. They are much, much more strict than we are. Um, and then I went into central London yesterday and I didn't see anyone wearing one on the tube. That's madness. So it's yeah. quite, it's such a difference. It's, uh, yeah. yes, very strange, mm. very strange. I, I don't know who's right. <laughs> no. No, that, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. 
Did you leave your job at the LSO to start fixing or was it after ENO? No, I, so I left, um, I took a sabbatical from LSO first. They very kindly let me take a sabbatical because I didn't know, I, I hadn't, I'd not worked anywhere else really. I'd, I'd done a bit of freelancing before I joined LSO, but I'd been there really, really full on for nine years. Um, so they let, let me take a sabbatical and three days later, um, I sent, I sent a, a message out to all my friends saying, has anybody got any work? I don't mind what it is. I'll do anything. I just, you know, anything to do with music. Uh, have, you, have you got anything you could send my way? Cause I, I don't have any connections, you know, I, it's a difficult thing that, and this very kind friend of mine, Becky said, um, I'm uh, playing on Porgy and Bess at the Savoy theater, but you need to be able to play viola as well. Do you play viola? <laughs> so I said, yes. <laughs> I had a viola. My dad had taught me the clef. I thought, how hard can it be? <laughs> Not the best viola player, but I, 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 learned, I got better as I went on. So I went in depth for her. And that was three days after I left LSO. I went and did that. And that's where I met my husband. Oh. oh. So there you go. Wow, that's amazing. Um, yeah, that's amazing. So then I did a few months doing that. And I thought, yes, actually, no, okay, I, I can make a living not being in the LSO. I mean, I loved the LSO. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. But it was really full on. And the lifestyle, I thought, I don't know, I'm going to have the energy to do this forever. Yeah. So I really thought, you know, I had to, I'm going to have to leave at some point. So I thought, you know, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll make the jump. I'll, and, and people were saying, well, you'll never get back in again. And I, I was saying that, well, I know, but I've, I've done it. I, I, I've, I'm at the top of my game. Yeah. <laughs> leave while they want more rather than when they're ready to chuck <laughs> you off the cliff. Um, so I made the decision to leave. And then I started looking at what else was around and uh, this job came up at Cool Music um, and Daryl Alexander was there, amazing, amazing agent, incredible guy um, and a lovely team there. And they gave me the job of being fixer. Um, and it was just such a learning curve, um, or almost too much of a learning curve for me at the time. Right. Um, but I was just absolutely sort of chasing my tail the whole time. Um, and then about six months into the job, um, a wonderful miracle happened that I didn't think was going to be um, possible medically, but I got pregnant um, oh. and then thought, I, I, I love this job, but I, I can't be pregnant and do this as well. This is all too much. Um, and the lovely ENO at that point, knowing I was pregnant, said I could come and be principal second violin, which was an incredibly generous thing. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, it was really lovely. It was really lovely. You know, you hear all these bad stories about, oh, I got pregnant and I lost my job and all that. And it, they were the opposite. Absolutely mm. amazing. Um, so I had five lovely years there and uh, played some incredible operas. The, the, the best one definitely being Peter Grimes. Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely yeah. loved it. I, some of the operas I didn't like so much. I wasn't so keen on playing Verdi. Second violin parts in Verdi, you start to feel like you're never going to play on the beat ever again. <laughs> uh, but when it came to things like Rose and Cavalier, Peter Grimes, uh, Magic Flute, Don Giovanni, uh, oh, Billy Budd, all these things, it was just incredible. And oh. I mean, that bit at the end of Peter Grimes where the whole village comes to the very front of the stage and they scream, Peter Grimes! And I mean, you could almost feel this sort of gust of wind come over the edge of the pit as they just screamed it. Yeah. It was utterly <laughs> terrifying. I thought it was amazing. And one of the things I love doing, and I, I went the other day to the opera house to watch it, is I love watching it. Because mm. the thing I found hardest about playing an opera is that you can't see what's going on. <laughs> and I'm just too nosy. I can't bear not being able to see the stage. Um, so I do really love going to watch it now. Oh, it's really great. So then, so then I left the job there after about five years of doing it, and I set up Musical Orbit, um, which was uh, teaching online, uh, which is the thing that everyone laughed at me about. Ha ha ha! There you go. <laughs> Who's laughing now, losers? Quite, yeah. quite. Yes. And then I've, and since then, I've been a freelance leader. So I've, I've 
uh, led the um, the RPCO and uh, CBSO, Bournemouth Symphony Orchestra, and a musical theatre orchestra, a bit of Raymond Gubby stuff. I just have a lovely time. I'm really lucky, really lucky um, to just go around and do these nice things and and sort of cherry pick a bit. Um, a, a bit more, you know, not not need to take the touring, even though I would like in theory to go on tour. At the moment, I don't want to be leaving my lads. Yeah. So. But also you say lucky, but also very bold because lots of the decisions you've made have been very bold, like leaving the LSO. Lots of, like you were saying, lots of people would be like, oh, are you sure you want to do that? And then leaving ENO as well. And I think that's really an, inter- an interesting one because I think it just must be very tricky for people to leave jobs that you have to go off and you have to sort of have a lot of faith in yourself that what you're going to do is going to work or that you're willing to take that risk and was it hard did you find it a hard decision especially leaving ENO it's interesting around that time my sister was diagnosed with cancer and I thought I had a real breakdown at the time and then thought do you know what nothing is as bad as this and so as long as no one's going to die what's the worst that can happen you know I could leave the LSO and never go back in but I did nine years there nearly ten in fact and it was amazing. So I, I, that'll always be in my life. It's incredible. And I need to go and see what, what's out there. And I've, I've always thought, yeah, as long as nobody's going to die or it's not, no one's going to get hurt, um, why not? Sure, some of the decisions I've made have not worked out. You know, so People will often say to me, oh, you get everything you go for. And I laugh and say, you have no idea how many things I don't get. You know, Nine out of 10 things that I apply for, I don't get. And then I will get the one out of 10, like, you know, National School Symphony Orchestra Artistic Director job, how chuffed am I? But there were a load of things that I didn't get as well, but I don't dwell on them, just like wasn't meant to be. Nobody, and nobody died. I tried for them, didn't get them, nobody died. And I just think that that's a, a good way to, it's a good way for me to live my life. A hundred percent. That's an excellent attitude and really good for other people to hear that as well, I think, because it, you know, it's, it's yeah. good I mean, to it's not... A, it's, only, it's only music. It's not brain surgery. You can't actually kill anybody by doing it badly. <laughs> so Some of not? my singing has come quite close, actually. Okay, so, fair uh... enough. <laughs> you are listening to Three in a Bar. We talk to musicians about their lives. If you like this show, you can give us Five stars on iTunes or a cast or other things like that. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I wanted to ask you about Musical Orbit because we would reference it a little while back in the conversation. Um, this is something, now, you set it up when you left ENO, you were just saying, and it is a brilliant idea. We were talking to somebody about it the other, well, uh, a similar kind of idea the other day of, uh, um, of having mentors and a kind of mentoring scheme. But it, it sort of goes beyond that, doesn't it? Because you sort out music. Um, 
musicians and tutors and put people together basically well actually I tell you what why don't you sum it up in a much better more concise way than I've just blathered (laughs) well I mean it's it started off being just to help people who were uh, trying to get ready for job auditions and wanted to play to the right kind of person in the right level of job to sort of see where were they on the right tracks for for their audition you know were they way off base or was it going okay kind of thing and that's what it started off being but actually over the years it's changed a lot and it's become also it's become webinars it's become music competitions it's become some people having regular lessons this girl for years had lessons she was in the bush in australia and she had a lesson with somebody in somerset oh you know there's a horrendous time difference but they managed it and they they learned for quite a long time together but then sometimes it's just random one-off lessons for uh, people sort of consultation lessons of course were huge for, for us during um during lockdown mm. because people who would normally have flown over and stayed at great expense in a hotel in London and, you know, and done a consultation lesson could just do it online. And yes, I mean, obviously it's better if you can be in the room, of course it sounds going to be better than that, but think of the number of consultation lessons you could have and the, the fraction of the cost it would cost you and how you're saving the planet by not flying um, to do it online if you have to. Um, so it's been really great because it's opened everybody's eyes to, thinking you don't necessarily have to travel every time. You know, there's, there's occasions when you do need to travel, um, but it's made people think twice about their carbon footprint and the extortionate cost. I mean, it costs so much to study now anyway, so much. If you're adding on top of that, you know, oh, just pop over, I'll see you for an hour. Well, for that student, that involves, you know, a £300 flight and, you know, a couple hundred quid in a hotel and then food and, and there's stress for them of doing it and, and two days out of their life, whereas it could just be one hour. So, yeah, I just I, I just think it's a no brainer for certain situations. Uh, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't, of course, want us to go back to just doing all online all the time. <laughs> it was too much. It was too much. Oh. I lost my I lost my uh, long distance vision <laughs> during lockdown. Oh, God. I just stared at the screen for so long, and then and yeah, I know, now I need glasses all and the time. And the sound. I mean, I don't know. Do you tell me what the best programs are for this but I found that with my online students if I had a row of three or four of them the sound quality and and trying so hard to hear certain ranges because it really hates the bottom range of the cello Um, yeah yeah it's such a shame yeah I mean zoom has massively improved it's given those options like low background noise suppression and original sound and all these and high fidelity music mode and all that it's great um but you know some of the best ones um there's clean ones like clean feed um, and I mean, this is pretty great sound here on this. What's this yeah. Zencaster? Yeah. Uh, there, there's various ones where you can get really good sound, but what it tends to happen is you need to have one video conferencing software for video and a different one for sound. Yeah. So when you're going in and out of half hour lessons with students from school, it's just easier to do it on Zoom. You're gonna you're gonna waste so much of the lesson with one of you know. There's not been an update done on one of them, or the computer can't cope with running two things. Or if they're on a tablet, it's not going to work. Hmm. Tablets don't work anyway. There, it's a disaster. It always needs to be a computer, I think, for the audio. Yeah. Um, so I, I've often I'll have a student will have the video on a tablet or a phone on their music stand, and then the audio will be on a computer uh, because you can sort of fiddle with it a bit more. But it's sort of finding that right combination of things for depending on their device, depending on their bandwidth, depending on their instrument. Um, it's a really sort of complicated thing. But uh, there's way more things available now, thank goodness, than there were two years ago. So it's really catapulted it. So with Musical Orbit, when you're matching up, well, essentially matching up players and um, students and teachers, is that does that happen online purely or can it set them up so that they can meet 
outside of the world of online. Oh, yes, absolutely. So we're just like an introduction agency yeah. now. Um, when, when we started off, we had to be a much bigger thing. We had to be much more some online support and there during the lesson and all that. But now, because everyone's had experience of it, we don't need to be that. So we're now an introduction agency. So you come and you look through our, you want a violin lesson, for instance, and you look through our violin teachers and, and you, you know, maybe look who's maybe not so expensive as somebody else or, or more expensive. Yeah. Um, and you read their biog and you think, oh, they sound just the ticket. So then you purchase a lesson with them and then you're put directly in touch with them That's and uh, you pay through PayPal. So the money's safe until the lesson's happened. Um, and we're there as a kind of a, a safety net and we're there for technical support if you need it. Um, but we're finding less and less that people need that technical support as they, as, as this process goes on. It's such a good idea because I I remember even when I was like 16, 17, I mean, I was lucky because when I went to Wells, obviously then they would set me up with people for lessons then going forward. But, you know, up to that point, I just didn't, I, you literally go on what you're told by people you know. So you can end up with deeply inappropriate teachers and and you're sort of too young really to, to know any different. Uh, so this is yeah. great. It's like an online yeah. dating system. I love it. It is, isn't it? Yes, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Yes, I wasn't going to use that phrase, but this is exactly Sorry. what it's like. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's important because, I mean, I, I don't believe there's such thing as a, a bad teacher or a bad student. No. I think you can get bad combinations of people. And, you know, if, if you can, if you've got the facility to explore different options with people you will find them the right teacher it's just going to take a few goes sometimes and if you're having to schlep up and down motorways in the car to do that or flights then that's really hard to do whereas this way it makes just makes it a bit easier sport players sportsmen and women all have coaches all All, the time all the time all the time yeah and And singers singers as well and singers yeah yeah but but instrumentalists seem to not want to do it i think I feel like maybe you don't want to you don't want to know if something's not working properly, or you don't want to. Yeah, you build up some confidence over yeah, your, it's over fear your factor. career. You don't want to press on anything. So, oh, oh no. Yeah, and also I think especially <laughs> for string players, safety in numbers in a section, and you're not being heard, and then so to then really listen to yourself. It's kind of, you're thinking, you know, you're playing along in Star Wars thinking, I sound like the LSO. I'm amazing. <laughs> but then if you actually take yourself yeah. on your own, it's like, oh, not so good. <laughs> um, so it's it's quite a difficult thing to be prepared to do. And I wish it was in our culture more. I really do. Hmm. Um, I know because we look good. after everything else, don't we? You know, if you're yeah. ill, you go to the doctor, if you, you know, or if, if you're having any At pains. Least- yeah. At least we're looking after our mental health a bit better yeah. now. You know, this whole idea of, you know, feeling nervous is okay. <laughs> it's it's all right. And loads yeah. of people feel it. Yeah, Whereas, you know, <laughs> when I yeah, when I was at college, people were like, No, no, we don't get that here. Yeah, we don't get nervous here. Yeah. You're just not prepared enough. Oh my it's god. Like, well, it was just oh. awful. I found it so hard. Um so I yeah, I'm glad that we sort of That's embrace good. the fact that it's something that can be helped. And it's, it's not a personality flaw. <laughs> yeah. It's just an adrenaline well, The rush. other thing that sports people have is, is sports psychologists they work with as well. And that I, I think that could, that could really help musicians to, yeah. to approach really stressful things like auditions. Or, yeah. There's or, an, know, an amazing whatever. sports psychologist, Mike Cunningham. Um, yeah. He's got a website, I think something like mikecunningham.co.uk. He's on Musical Orbit as well. And he really helped me massively. After I left ENO, I did some job auditions and I was just absolutely terrified because I hadn't done one for five years. I'd had two children in the meantime and didn't have very much time to practice. I just felt completely like I was going to ruin any um, street cred I had in the business. 
by doing bad auditions. And I went to see him for several sessions and he completely turned it around for me. Oh my wow. God. It, it made, I can't tell you what a difference it made. I wished I'd gone to him 20 years before. If I had, I'd be leading the Berlin Phil. Yes. Wow. I would. I would. <laughs> no, it's never too late, Nicole. You get out there. Never get out there. too late. Never too late. <laughs> but I was one of those people. It was always, it always sounded fine in my bedroom, but I could never do it in front of anybody else. So, you know, it, it's an incredible thing. I strongly recommend it. And, and those sports psychologists, it's the same it's the same process pretty much, you know, for, for sports and music. There's some amazing people out there that can help now. Yeah, that's so yeah. good. And you've got those people on Musical Orbit as well, you said. so. Yeah, Mike, could... yeah Mike's on Musical Orbit. Brilliant. He's, he's, oh, absolutely incredible. Absolutely. I, I, it, it's, it's not cheap to do it, but the, the amount of time you get with him is absolutely spectacular. And, I mean, he was just on the phone for me so much sort of before I'd go into an audition. And, you know, it was, it was a real long service thing. It was wow. amazing. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, th- so you, would you call up kind of a bit stressed out and say, "Oh God, I can't go, I can't do this," and then he'll sort of talk you down? Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. I, and it's you know, I don't don't need him to do that now because he's taught me the the tricks to things to practice at home before you get to the the event. Yeah. Mm. So rather than waiting till you're actually feeling nervous and about to go into the audition and phoning in then, <laughs> doing the doing the work in advance and practicing these mind techniques and and then so now I don't need to. But he he was there for me. He was absolutely 100% there for me and it was a real life-changing moment and I now can play big solos in 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 orchestra and not because I mean, I find orchestral solos one of the hardest ones because loads of people, 30 violins are playing with you and you're born playing in a group and suddenly they drop out and you're left on your own. And it's just like, you know, it's like you've gone over on a roller coaster and leaves your stomach behind that feeling. Um, it's absolutely terrifying. So, but now I'm not, not scared of those anymore. Yeah. That's amazing. amazing. That's incredible. Mm. And what's it like going in as a guest leader to an orchestra? Do you, do you sort of try and immerse yourself in what how they play or, or or do you just bring your own sort of way of playing? I enjoy the fact that I'm not dealing with any of the politics. Um, you know, as a guest leader, you're coming in for that one concert. You're not about to change the, 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 the way a section sounds. Uh, you, you work with what you've got. You work with the people that are there. Um, and it's, apart from anything else, ensuring the smooth running of the session or the concert and making sure that whatever the conductor's wanting is passed cleanly and succinctly to the rest of the band and just making sure everyone's been looked after really. Um, but I, I find that way less stressful than actually being a principal. Being a principal full time is a very, very different job. Um, it, it's got th- those elements as well, but there's, there's a lot of politics involved, which frankly was all a bit much for me. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause nice. I guess you're, you're a bit like, bit like you're part of the management or, or something yeah you're sort of trapped in between you're not between. yeah you're not quite management you're you're not one of the guys um it's a very very difficult thing yes mm. oh god <laughs> i'll say no more yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but when you go around do you, do you spot the the different ways that orchestras play i mean or has it has it developed over the years that you know i i assume like maybe in the past orchestras were a lot more different and maybe orchestras are getting a bit more similar i i the the big the, the big note, the time I noticed it most was when I first joined the profession, I did a lot of work with the Philharmonia Orchestra. I loved playing with them. They were amazing. And they had this amazing, warm, glorious, beautiful sound, strings particularly, um, and the other sections. But of course, I noticed the strings. Um, and then I went into the LSO and it was strong and magnificent. And they were so different. They were both so amazing and so completely different and you had to alter the way you played when you when you went from orchestra to orchestra 
Otherwise, it just well, they just, they just wouldn't book you again, I suppose. It just wouldn't fit in at all. And it was a it was a really different way of playing. You know, with the LSO, I was found that I was I was going with the with the conductor almost, almost not waiting for anyone else, almost, you know. Um, with the Philharmonia, you were very much feeling more kind of you were playing with everyone else. Um, and I don't mean either of those things as good or bad, just different. Uh, and it, and you really hear such a massive difference in the sound. And I still hear that sound in, in these orchestras, huge, huge difference. I mean, you know, ECO versus Aurora Orchestra, for instance, you know, I mean, it's just there's always something different to hear. It's that different group of players. But the amazing thing is that the LSO has always sounded like that. They've always sounded sort of strong and magnificent. But if you think about it, you know, they were founded, I don't know, 120 years ago, whatever it was. Um, And so obviously not the same players, right? (laughs) It's been a complete turnover several times. And yet the orchestra sounds the same. Yeah. Mm. That's amazing, isn't it? You know, it is. And I wonder why they, they kind of started with that ethos. Maybe it was yeah, to know. do with like the room they played in or something. Might be, know. or the conductor, or yeah. just the, just the original band of players. You know, did this? I don't know, but I mean, there's very much a reason that John Williams books, but the LSO for Star Wars. You know, it's, it was that Morris Murphy, Rod Frank's trumpet sound, and and the horn sound of the LSO is so distinctive. Um, you know, it, it, it's a very particular thing. It's very odd. And do you think that reflects what- in personality of the orchestras as well? Do you notice it? On that side of things, going into different places. Well, I couldn't possibly go into that. I might get lively. <laughs> <laughs> we always try and dig it out eventually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll keep, I'll keep. I'll keep that one as a secret. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Nicole. Thank oh you. no, sorry. That's not. <laughs> that's not okay. <laughs> Thanks, Nicole. The hell has happened to me? <laughs> um, it's because I was watching BBC Breakfast. <laughs> yeah, and then the program after BBC Breakfast, where they all speak in oh. hysterical voices. That one, it's it's like got the guy from from Blue Peter on it, Gethin, Gethin, and Sherry. Yeah, who's that guy? I've never seen him before. Who's the girl? Did you was say it, there was a girl? He's his co-host. Yeah, Sherry. Is it Sherry Murphy? I don't know. Or something. No, um, she's married to a footballer, I think. And I think she's on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Oh, right. Yeah. And maybe okay. Loose Women, too. She's been oh, through, she's you know, everywhere. she's uh, primed. I've, I've, yeah. been, I've missed her. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. That's why you had that awful. Dom was on it, wasn't he? Dom. Dom Littlewood. Dom Littlewood. Yeah, she's right here. He was teaching us all about haggling. Did you read, hear that bit? <laughs> I turned off by that. He's like, you kick him in the gutter, you, they put up a tree, and then you meet him on the pavement. No, he didn't say that. Yeah. Did he? Yeah, so he said, like, if if you're trying to buy a car mm-hmm. and it's it's on there for, for £10,000. Right. And you want to pay £9,000 for it. You don't go in at £9,000. <laughs> you go in at £8,000. That's kick him in the gutter. <laughs> and then they say, oh, no, I can't do that. They, they go... Um, <laughs> forgotten the, the <laughs> figures they go nine and a half and that's between the tree <laughs> and then you meet him on the pavement at nine grand <laughs> i'm sad i missed that but i feel like i've lived it now yeah he's a fascinating man he's a funny little fella isn't he <laughs> 
Do you ever listen to Atletico Mints? I, I have listened to that. Yeah. <laughs> you Not know when they do, they do a section about him, oh, don't really? they? A yeah. show that he comes on. Oh, I show him little witch. Have you yeah. seen the one? It was on uh, Reese Thomas's show. It's called like a, the life of a year in a year, <laughs> and it's like a, a pretend roundup of the year, but a sort of mock one. Right. And they did loads of uh, clips of him. One of those shows where he just goes around a factory or something and oh, just yeah. learns about things. Yeah, yeah. And he just seems to ask everyone, are you married? <laughs> are you married? It's like, why? Why, why do you all ask he's everyone got. that? That's all he's got. That's all he keeps asking. <laughs> it's just so funny. Uh, oh. I don't know if you can find that online, that clip. That's a great show, that. Mm. Are you married? <laughs> are you married? And, and you see that. I saw him on something else. He was uh, hanging out with some bin men. Yeah, did he and, ask uh, all he's of them? Like, why, why do you like this job, Lynn? And the, and the bin man's like, well, you know, I sort of, yeah, get done by early afternoon, hang out with my, my girlfriend. Oh, no, that doesn't work, does it? He's got his answer. That's his answer right de- there. He definitely didn't say he that. He need to ask it. <laughs> you're not married, eh? <laughs> oh, you're, you're not married. Oh. <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to tie him tie her down, you know? <laughs> anyway. Um, that was that was Dom Littlewood. Uh, <laughs> thanks for chatting. Thanks for chatting to, to us. us this week. No, and that was Nicole Wilson. Yeah. Uh, wow, amazing musician. Yes. Really, like, wonderful person to talk to. Mm. Like, it was a shame we had to go, but it was probably good actually. It meant it meant we didn't waffle on for too I long. Know. But uh, she was so engaging, so nice. Yeah, she was, and I love her attitude towards her career. And she's a very can-do person, isn't she? I mean, yeah. She does so much and she just sets her mind something and does it. I yeah, really admire that. That's good. I like people that do that. Yeah, me too. And yeah, just a brilliant violinist. I first yeah. met her depping on a show and she's just like super good. Yeah. Obviously she is. Definitely. She's played everywhere, yeah, yeah. hasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I was going to say yeah. the funky rhyme story. Oh, yeah. So when she was talking about yeah, Weary yeah, yeah, Laddie yeah, yeah, yeah. and she was telling a tale about yeah. her husband... And him not coming for the day. I think she was justified being cross, even if he wrote her a piece of music. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, I would have been cross anyway. I, I yeah, I think I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I told that to my wife. What did she say? She said that was unacceptable behaviour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's not wrong. I wanted to say that, but I didn't want to go too far. <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah you know different people have different ways yeah that's fine different people are different they are it is a lovely gesture it's it's just that's not the time or the place (laughs) if rob had done that he wouldn't be here today (laughs) (laughs) um well it's a nice song though go and have a listen to it yeah um Mm. weary laddie it's called yeah lovely wow well that was nice that was great. Mm. We're in the Premier Inn in yeah. real. Mm. We've had a lovely day though, haven't we? Oh, we've had a lovely day. We've had a, a Should free we explain day. Why, why we're in a yeah. Premier Inn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, regular listeners, I suppose, or anyone that follows this uh, may know that I tour sometimes <laughs> with Rob Bryden. Doing his uh, song, what's it called? A night of night of songs, songs and, and laughter. laughter. Mm. And we've been touring around the country, and we're currently in real. And well, you can probably guess, uh, Verity is depping. Mm, on I'm the show. seat warming. Yeah, for Gabby. Gabby Swallow. Yes, who we've had on the podcast. She can't do this bit. Yeah, 
So Verity's come it's up. It's very kindly let me come and have a go. Yeah. It's really fun. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? The first um, gig last night, wasn't it? Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I felt quite nervous. Yeah. Uh, it, the unexpected, isn't it? You never know. Especially because there's things like one page which just says improvise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just express yourself. Yeah. 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 And uh, I guess you didn't, we, you didn't have like a, a recording to listen to. No. No, I don't think it's there is. It's not really anyone's fault. One. It's no. just no one really thought about it. No, but I had seen Gabby and she had gone through it really clearly with me. So that was yeah. very good. So well, it didn't make it, you know, it was okay. Yeah, yeah. But it was a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to tonight and feeling a bit more relaxed. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Like, we've got a rare second night in the same venue tonight. And believe me, real of all places, it's, uh, yeah. why wouldn't you we do two about nights last here? Night. <laughs> the, the company manager um, was saying that she had said to the producers, why are we in real for two mm. nights and then they said oh we're gonna ask you the same thing and <laughs> and rob was like why are we in real <laughs> and everyone everyone i've mentioned real to like oh yeah real, yeah that's a that's a that's an interesting place <laughs> so i'm not sure why we're we're here but we are yes and i mean the people seem nice they do yeah um <laughs> that wasn't an awkward pause no. i was just going to see if you were going to tell them what we well done to be honest, we haven't actually spent time in real no we we we, uh, mm. we went on a trip today yeah to a place called abba falls yeah in the snowdonia national park i yeah. do believe yeah it's it's very close to the coast mm. um just a bit along just west of real uh i guess just south of uh where were we like Clandidno or somewhere like oh, that? Oh, I think so. Um, do we, we, and we went to Colwyn Bay Colwyn as Bay well. For so lunch. it's round, round that way. Mm. And Abba Falls is this beautiful waterfall. Yeah. Um, and it's only a short walk from the car park. So it's a, <laughs> a what, 25 minute walk? I'd say so, yeah. So it's, like, it's just enough. A bit yeah. of a walk. You've got the waterfall. It's really nice. Yeah, you can do a bit of clambering on yeah. the rocks there. <laughs> it was great yeah we had a lovely time yeah we did it was very nice and we've been all bonding as a group yeah yeah and i was really glad that i'm not the only dep on this week so that was quite nice we both had that nervous first show yesterday yeah alec harper is yeah. depping for jackamo smith yeah on the saxophone and clarinet yeah He's great, isn't he? So it's nice, it was nice you two were sat together. And, uh, yeah, it was. We were like a support bubble, yeah. weren't we? Yeah. But it's been great. So we're having a nice time. Mm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this is the podcast. <laughs> Hope you're Over having a nice time. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you guys are well. Mm. Well, do we have anything to uh, tease? Or Oh, we do. Yeah. Are we going to? Mm. Are we going to no. pre-tease a tease? Okay, there might be something happening soon. Soon. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> oh, should I should be say more the date? Spe- yeah. Okay, 12th of 12th of June. June. Yes, 12th of June. Just pop it in your diary. Pop it in your diary. Yeah, if you're in the London area, pop it in your diary and then maybe mark off evening and maybe mark off I'm going to go out for the evening or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exciting. There's going to be a thing. Um yeah. Oh, I tell you what we must say as well. Yeah. Our lovely friends at Chimney Fire Coffee have supported Contractually, this. we have to say this. <laughs> we but do. we're very glad of it. We are glad. Um, yeah, Chimney Fire Coffee. Yeah. I tell you what I could do with a Chimney Fire Coffee, because there's one thing that's missing in real. Just one thing. And that's coffee. It's poor, isn't it? I haven't seen a single coffee shop. No. Mm. So anyway, Chimney Fire Coffee 
have kindly sponsored this episode. Yeah. And they'll do you a deal. Supported. Supported? Do we have to say supported? Oh, do we? I don't know. Isn't that just for the internet? Oh, right. Yeah. Just for Instagram or something. Anyway, they're behind this. (laughs) They support, yeah, you can get money off uh, by going to chimneyfirecoffee.com. Um, yeah, but then actually, once you've got there, go to the checkout when you've finished your coffee order, pop in the code three in a bar, all capitals, and you will get yourself 20% off. 20% off. 20% off. Oh, you'll get 20% off. <laughs> Don't try and put in 30%. You can't do that. No. You can't haggle on that. No, do that. It's nice coffee. Um, also, we have a Patreon. Mm. And do we have extra Patreon? We have an extra bonus bit for today, do we? Let me have a look at my notes. Yes, we do. I think it's a reasonable amount as well. It's definitely worth £3.50, which is what you'd pay if you'd sign up. Yeah, we do have a little bit more. Brilliant. I I mean, full disclosure, I haven't edited this week's podcast yet. (laughs) That's okay. Is that good to say that at this point? That's fine. Do you feel cheated, listener? Maybe. mm. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think they will. Okay. That's okay. It's fine. They've just heard it. It well, doesn't heard matter, it. does it? They've heard it. But then they've just heard that, that actually I wasn't listening along with them. And or, or, Is that what you think we're doing? <laughs> Do you think we're listening along and then, then at the end we go, we just, oh, that was good. <laughs> yes. We sit silently and listen, nod along. Yeah. Mm. It takes ages, doesn't it? Yeah. We miss a bit. Yeah, it does. Anyway, anyway, let's let these lovely people go. Yes, uh, <laughs> see you soon. Um, we'll be we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean we've got a few we've, backed we've, up, haven't we yeah, now? Thankfully. Yeah, yeah. It's touch and go for a bit there, but we've got some in the can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Good. Mm. Um, off we go. Toodle pip. See ya. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.